0: Chapter 10, Using or Threatening Deadly Force. When is it legal to use a firearm in the state of Florida? This is a very complicated answer, but I'll do my best to make it easy for you. Florida Statute 776.012 Subsection 2 is known as the Justifiable Use of Force Statute. This statute lays out the framework for when we are allowed to use or threaten the use of deadly force. Here's what the statute says. Use or threaten use of force in defense of a person. A person is justified in using or threatening to use deadly force if he or she reasonably believes that using or threatening to use such force is necessary to prevent imminent death, or great bodily harm to himself or herself or another, or to prevent the imminent commission of a forcible felony. A person who uses or threatens to use deadly force in accordance with this subsection does not have a duty to retreat and has the right to stand his or her ground if the person using or threatening to use the deadly force is not engaged in a criminal activity and is in a place where he or she has a right to be. Before you can truly understand when it's legal to use a firearm in self-defense, you must first understand the meaning of a few keywords found in Florida statute 776.012 subsection two. What does reasonable belief mean? Have you ever heard the phrase, I was in fear for my life? Firearm owners love to throw this phrase around as if it is the checkmate for using a firearm in self-defense. They believe that as long as they are in fear for their life, they have a right to use a gun in self-defense. Just because they believe their life is in danger doesn't mean this opinion would be shared by the police, judge, jury, prosecutors, or even the public. The term reasonable belief must be applied objectively and subjectively. Objectively, the person who uses or threatens to use deadly force must generally believe they or someone around them was about to die, become the victims of severe bodily injury, or stop the imminent commission of a forcible felony. A reasonable person, the jury, would have to look at the facts of the situation through the eyes of the individual who used deadly force to determine if they would have done the same thing in the same set of circumstances. This would be the subjective interpretation of reasonable belief. If you were walking down the street and a man walked up and pimp slapped you, you may genuinely believe that you were gonna die. But would a reasonable person believe you were gonna die from a slap? I don't think so. What if my reasonable belief turns out to be wrong? Scenario, you're leaving work at 3.30 in the afternoon and you're approached by a homeless man asking for some spare change. As the man approaches, he lifts his shirt to reveal a firearm. You quickly realize this is no ordinary man asking for change. This is an armed robbery. You promptly drop your belongings and immediately move laterally as you draw your firearm from concealment, firing three shots into the homeless man's chest. When the police arrive, you inform them that the attacker had a gun and was attempting to rob you. However, the police discovered that the attacker did not have a firearm. It was a BB gun. Based on this scenario, when the attacker flashed his gun and threatened to shoot the victim, was it reasonable for the victim to believe that the homeless man had a real gun and intended to kill him? In the victim's mind, objectively, the answer is yes. The victim had no way of knowing whether the firearm was real or not. The jury would have to look at this scenario through the eyes of the victim. And even though after the fact the firearm was determined to be a BB gun, in the moment, it is reasonable to believe, objectively and subjectively, it was a real gun. What does imminent mean? Many firearm owners and concealed permit carriers have a false belief that they will have a five-minute long decision-making process as to whether a firearm is justified or not. This is not true. Dictionary.com defines the term imminent as likely to occur at any moment, impending. The term imminent death does not refer to your fear of death within the next hour, 30 minutes, or even 10 minutes. It refers to the potential death of yourself or someone around you at any moment or within seconds. If a crazy man is threatening to stab you with a knife, however, the man is a hundred yards away, Would it be reasonable to believe you were in imminent fear of death? Are you going to die within seconds? Of course not. Great bodily harm. The state of Florida does not provide a statutory definition for great bodily harm. However, a Florida court describes great bodily harm as more than, quote, slight, trivial, minor, or moderate harm, and as such, does not include mere bruises, end quote. Heck versus State, 774 so2 d eight four five. I would interpret it to mean a severe injury like a broken bone, brain damage, loss of organ function, disfigurement, head trauma, or a large cut. Again, this is just my opinion. Forcible felony. A forcible felony is any of the following 16 crimes treason. Florida Statute 876.32. Treason against a state shall consist only in levying war against the same or in adhering to the enemies thereof or giving them aid and comfort. Whoever commits treason against a state shall be guilty of a felony of the first degree. Number two, murder. Manslaughter is the killing of a human being by the act, procurement, or culpable negligence of another. Without lawful justification, according to the provisions of chapter 776, and in cases in which such killing shall not be excusable homicide or murder, according to the provisions of this chapter, is manslaughter. Sexual battery means oral, anal, or vaginal penetration by or union with the sexual organ of another or the anal or vaginal penetration of another by any other object. Carjacking means the taking of a motor vehicle, which may be the subject of larceny from the person or custody of another with intent to either permanently or temporarily deprive the person or the owner of the motor vehicle when in the course of taking there is the use of force, violence, assault, or putting in fear. Six, home invasion robbery means any robbery that occurs when the offender enters a dwelling with the intent to commit a robbery and does commit a robbery of the occupants therein. Seven, robbery, means the taking of money or other property, which may be the subject of larceny from the person or custody of another, with intent to either permanently or temporarily deprive the person or the owner of the money or other property when in the course of the taking, there is the use of force, violence, assault, or putting in fear. Burglary means entering or remaining in a dwelling, a structure, or a conveyance with the intent to commit an offense therein, unless supremacists are at the time open to the public or the defendant is licensed or invited to enter or remain. Nine, arson. Any person who willfully and unlawfully or while in the commission of any felony By fire or explosion, damages or causes to be damaged any dwelling, whether occupied or not, or its contents, be any structure. 10. Kidnapping. Means forcibly, secretly, or by threat confining, abducting, or imprisoning another person against his or her will and without lawful authority. With intent to, one, hold for ransom or reward or as a shield or hostage, two, commit or facilitate commission of any felony, three, inflect bodily harm upon or to terrorize the victim or another person, four, interference with the performance of any governmental or political function, eleven, aggravated assault. An aggravated assault is an assault with a deadly weapon without the intent to kill or with an intent to commit a felony. Number twelve, aggravated battery. A person commits aggravated battery who in committing battery intentionally or knowingly causes great bodily harm permanent disability or permanent disfigurement or uses a deadly weapon 13 aggravated stalking a person who willfully maliciously and repeatedly follows harasses or cyberstalks another person and makes a credible threat to that person commits an offense of aggravated stalking the definition of credible threat means a verbal or nonverbal threat Or a combination of the two, including threats delivered by electronic communication or implied by a pattern of conduct, which places the person who is the target of the threat in reasonable fear for his or her safety or the safety of his or her family members or individuals closely associated with the person and which is made with the apparent ability to carry out the threat to cause such harm. It is not necessarily to prove the person making the threat had the intent to actually carry out the threat. Number 14, aircraft piracy. Whoever without lawful authority seizes or exercises control by force or violence and with wrongful intent of any aircraft containing a non-consenting person or persons within this state. Fifteen. Unlawful throwing, placing, or discharging of a destructive device or bomb. Number 16, any other felony that involves the use or threat of physical force or violence against any individual. Think about these situations. How much time do you have to make a decision in one of these situations? A fraction of a second. So when should you decide when you're going to use your firearm and when you're never going to use it? It needs to be right now. You must start by thinking about these situations today. I call it the what-if game. In the heat of the moment, you're bound to make bad decisions. Think about your daily routine and the environment you're in. What types of situations are you most likely to be exposed to? Once you create a list, determine where the line in the sand is. What has to happen in each situation before you are willing to use your firearm? Burn this into your brain. Earlier, I shared the story of a man who attempted to stab me behind my church. Everything I did in that situation was subconscious. I saw the weapon immediately because I always look at people's hands. I knew I had a right to use deadly force, so I drew my firearm without consciously thinking about it. This should be your goal, but it does require training. Stand your ground the old law before 2005. Before 2005, Florida had a retreat law. The retreat law said that you had a duty to retreat before using or threatening to use deadly force if you could retreat safely. The retreat law did not apply if you were attacked in your home or place of business. Imagine you're walking down the street and a man approached with a knife threatening to stab you. Under the retreat law, you would not have a legal right to defend yourself. You would be obligated to run away. Only if the attacker pursued or prevented you from running, would you have a right to protect yourself. The last thing I want to do is turn my back on somebody who is threatening me with a knife. The new law after 2005. Florida Stand Your Ground Law was passed in 2005 and was a major victory for lawful gun owners. Stand Your Ground eliminates the duty to retreat if you reasonably believe that such force is necessary to prevent imminent death, great bodily harm, or to prevent the imminent commission of a forcible felony. For the duty to retreat to be eliminated, you must be in a place where you have a right to be and not be engaged in criminal activity. Florida Statute 776.013, Subsection 3. A person who is attacked in his or her dwelling, residence, or vehicle has no duty to retreat and has the right to stand his or her ground and use or threaten to use force, including deadly force. Florida Statute 776.012. A person is justified in using or threatening to use deadly force if he or she reasonably believes that using or threatening to use such force is necessary to prevent imminent death or great bodily harm to himself or herself or another, or to prevent the imminent commission of a forcible felony. A person who uses or threatens to use deadly force in accordance with this subsection does not have a duty to retreat and has the right to stand his or her ground. If the person using or threatening to use deadly force is not engaged in a criminal activity and is in a place where he or she has a right to be. One of the requirements for the right to stand your ground under Florida Statute 776.012, subsection two, states that the person using or threatening to use the deadly force is not engaged in a criminal activity and is in a place where he or she has a right to be. If this person was committing a crime or in a place they did not have a right to be, the Stand Your Ground provision would no longer apply. That individual would be required to retreat if they could do so safely. Saturday morning car dealership. If you went to a car dealership at 10 a.m. on a Saturday morning, and the attacker threatened to stab you. Would you have a right to stand your ground? Let's look at the facts. Are you engaged in a crime? No, the car dealership is open and they want you to look at new cars. Are you in a place you have a right to be? Yes. Is it reasonable to believe the attacker is going to kill you with the knife? I think so. In my opinion, you would have a right to use or threaten to use deadly force car dealership at midnight. If you went to a car dealership at midnight and an attacker threatened to stab you, would you have a right to stand your ground? Let's ask ourselves these questions. Are you engaged in a crime? Yes, you are trespassing. The car dealership is closed and they do not want you on the property. Are you in a place that you have a right to be? No, again, you're trespassing. Is it reasonable to believe the attacker is going to kill you with the knife? Yes. In this situation, in my opinion, you would be obligated to retreat before you could use deadly force because you were engaged in a crime and you were in a place that you did not have a right to be.